0: It's sand is nearly out of the hourglass. Soon the one hundred and sixteenth Congress will be history replaced by the one hundred and seventeenth. Notwithstanding that most of the five hundred and thirty-five faces are returnees, there is a careful process that marks the congressional transition. Here with a review of the one hundred and sixteenth and how it becomes the one seventeenth, Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And Lauren, for once this week, we'll just skip talking about this or that bill because it's all confused anyway. But Let's look back on the 116th Congress. So much to deal with. What's your sense of the highlights of what we have seen in the last couple of years?
1: Well, it's certainly there's a dividing line in about February and March of 2020 when COVID took over, because I think there's the Congress that was in place before then and Congress having to deal like everyone else in society with this disease and what it meant for its operations and what it meant to its legislative agenda. Um, If you want to look before COVID, I mean, we're talking about things like impeachment. We had a trial of the president in the Senate, which by any historical measure would be a unique thing in a Congress, uh, given that he was only the third president impeached and the third president to have a trial. Uh, But since then, we've seen a Congress adjusting to um, the realities of a a very contagious disease and and the one that's had major effects across all aspects of the economy and government.
0: I guess maybe to a less agile degree than the executive branch, but the Congress did manage to switch to some remote. They had a lot of remote hearings. They had the voting by proxy. At least now they're considering the possibility of voting remotely by some electronic means, at least in the House. So... I think that's probably something that they
1: should get a little credit for. Yeah, they they will, I think. And it didn't go as far as many members were pushing for. I think electronic voting was something that had advocates behind it. There were also concerns about the security of that. How do you prevent a member's vote from being hijacked by someone in a foreign country, even domestically, who might want to mess with the system? But we have seen committee hearings increasingly done in a hybrid fashion where you have some members in the committee room and others spread out around the country in a mix of witnesses in-house, but many at their offices, wherever they might be around the country. Uh, the same with some of the committee proceedings where we had hybrid systems there where major bills that are, you know, some of the biggest markups of the year when we're in person on Capitol Hill, those became virtual as well with members able to Provide input, amend bills, have meaningful discussions about legislation. And then, as you mentioned on the floor, we've had a proxy voting system, which has primarily been used by Democratic members, but not exclusively. There's been some Republicans who have used that as well when um, they didn't feel safe traveling to Capitol Hill or, or in some cases when they were themselves sick Um, that was all on the house side the senate did some hybrid stuff as well at the committee level but the senate maintained its tradition of in-person roll call votes where everyone comes to the floor and gives a thumbs up or thumbs down to indicate how they feel and when charles grassley the senior senator from iowa had covid himself it broke a multiple year voting streak because he was unable to come in person and do that so uh, some, some interesting things there
0: And they were unfortunately still not able to fix the situation of not being able to pass budgets, appropriations on time for the coincidence of the fiscal year start.
1: That's right. That's been a trend that's continued for a long time. Um, Obviously, they've passed a lot of money over the course of the year to respond to coronavirus. We had several packages at the beginning of the year, a lengthy six-month discussion, debate, some votes in both chambers over another package. And then we had this year-end convergence of um, finally reaching agreement on a coronavirus package, having a $1.4 trillion omnibus spending bill for the rest of the year ready to go, and then all the other things that rode along with that. Um, that that process still seems to be awry. I mean, that, the House got all 12 of its bills through committee, 10 um, on the floor. The Senate didn't make progress that, because things bogged down there. But we will be interesting to see next year, first year in a long time without Budget Control Act spending caps influencing the debate. Uh, that will be an interesting transition is maybe we get back to budget resolutions, setting top line spending figures and having those larger debates about the overall budget and then see what we can do on the appropriations front with getting those 12 bills done every year.
0: We're speaking with Lauren Duggan, editorial director of Bloomberg Government. And in the House especially, do you sense that there's about to be one of those generational shifts? And we've seen it before. We saw it in I maybe 74 when the post-Nixon, the post-Watergate, whole new face and feeling of Congress. Because let's face it, Nancy Pelosi is old. Steny Hoyer is old. And look, in some cases, it's starting to show in some of them. What do you think is going to happen now that there's going to be new leadership discussions shortly for, I guess, both the Democrats and the Republicans?
1: That's definitely going to be a theme over the next couple of years. Nancy Pelosi had at one point said she'd serve for The 116th and 117th Congress is the top leader and then perhaps move on. So you have her, uh, you have Steny Hoyer and Jim Clyburn, who you mentioned, all in their 80s, all respected figures, senior figures in the party. But there are people behind them who are going to probably have the opportunity to move up. What do they do over these next two years to lay the groundwork for that? Um, Some already have. There's people in leadership positions who are of the next generation who will use those. Um, And it's, by the way, going to be a tough year for Democrats. They kept the majority, but it's probably slim. Um, 222 members, um, some of whom are leaving to join the Biden administration. So they're going to have a tough go of it for a while. It's going to be an interesting dynamic to see what tradeoffs need to be made to secure if you need a majority just within the Democratic Party to pass something, how you do the horse trading and the the policy swaps you need to get that through. So um, that that's all going to be an interesting dynamic on that side.
0: And tell us about some of the processes they go through to become a new Congress. There's a lot of extra legal things they do, symposia workshops, educational process, and so on. What are some of those?
1: Well, some of that started uh, already right after the election. They had new member orientation, which had a different look and feel because of the coronavirus. But they started teaching them, you know, how do you start a congressional office? How do you hire staff? How do you be a member, come to the floor, do things like at some point, these members will start having to take their turn presiding over the House if you're a Democrat in the House. And on the Senate side, there's always somebody in the chair. Uh, The vice president's rarely there. So another senator has to take their turn doing that. So they're learning the ropes there Um, on January 3rd, which is a Sunday. That's when the House and Senate will convene and do the ceremonial stuff, elect a speaker, adopt rules in the House. In the Senate, you'll see members get sworn in, sign the book um, to show that they're there, and and then they'll get going. So um, you know, there's always a learning curve. You learn when to make your first speech, how to file a bill, How to introduce an amendment, and and go from there. Um, So they've had some groundwork, but I guess you probably learn best by doing. A lot of people will anyhow, and we'll see some of that start as soon as the third.
0: Do they already have their buttons so that they can get on the proper elevators in the Capitol building?
1: That I don't know, but if they don't, they'll be getting them very soon and and ready to go and learn all the the corridors of the Capitol, which there are so many.
0: Yes, and the uh, corridors of the congressional office buildings are where they actually work for the most part, and the great scramble for space, that's something that probably no one from the outside looking in would want to go through is it
1: no and you know there's a lottery that happens pretty early in the process It would have happened last year sometimes it's an in-person event and there's kind of a joyousness because you get a, a good number in the lottery and get to pick the office of your choice so if you get the last number you get the worst office you know that's how it works and every term you're there you have a chance to move up get better real estate um, because there are very different offices on capitol hill some are better than others some are closer to the floor than others um, some are at a lower you know lower level of the building, too. So um, that's been a big scramble and people will be settling in there and and getting used to their new digs, even as many of their staffers may not be there because, again, of coronavirus and people working from home.
0: And are the subways operating?
1: You know, I have not been up there myself to see that, but I'm pretty sure that those are those are still options. Um, But I, I would assume that mask wearing and social distancing is part of the deal
0: all right Lauren Duggan is editorial director of Bloomberg government we'll check in with you in the new Congress in the new year thanks so much for joining me
1: thank you we'll
0: post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com federal drive subscribe to the federal Drive at Apple podcasts or wherever you get your shows
1: grab a 30-day free trial of live by live plus and you'll get unlimited skips commercial free music and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle visit livexlive.com podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.